Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for women who want to elevate their health, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, corporate girl turned full-time online health and lifestyle entrepreneur. Join me every week for a high vibe conversation that will inspire you to live your best, healthiest, and most high vibe life. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome everyone, my beautiful people. Happy Friday. I am so excited for this podcast episode. This is actually a little bit of a different one. So this podcast episode, I got to interview Will Nietzsche, who is the founder and CEO of IQ Bar. His team actually pitched him to me and like presented him. And it was so funny and so random because I usually don't take like random podcast pitches unless they feel super aligned. And his team reached out to me and they're talking about him, you know, the IQ bar. And I was like, I know IQ bar because I've been eating these for the last like few months. They're in the market across the street from where I live. And I remember seeing them in the grocery store and being like, oh, that looks interesting. And then I looked at the label and I was like, oh, this looks really clean. And it has a lot of really good ingredients in it. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot and tried the chocolate sea salt one. And I was a fan. I was like, it was like the perfect amount of sweetness, even though there's no sugar, it was like, it's a vegan keto bar. And it was like the perfect amount of sweetness and like satiated my like craving, but was also a healthy snack. And it was like really quick, really easy. And whenever I wanted something sweet, I would grab the IQ bar because it was good for you, you know, compared to other like protein bars or health bars or other nutrition bars. And so I've been eating his IQ bars for a while now. And so when his team reached out to me, and was like, Hey, will you interview, you know, will Nisa on your podcast? I think it'd be a good fit for these reasons. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, I'll definitely interview him. So we talk about all things, um, talk about his bar. We obviously, we talk about the ingredients in his bar, some of the key ingredients in there and what makes it different. We also talk about just the journey of entrepreneurship in general. Um, he really made his whole company from his kitchen, testing different variations, you know, and testing and failing, testing and failing. And then he actually did a successful crowdfunding campaign to launch his business. So he didn't get investors. He didn't go into debt. He did a crowdfunding campaign and he talks about his experience and how to make it successful. And it's kind of, it kind of funny, um, not necessarily the most recommended way to do a crowdfunding campaign, but it just shows that he purely was like, I'm going to make this successful no matter what it takes. You know, and I think that there's something to be said when you have that type of grit and you let go of your ego and you let go of the pride essentially, and you do whatever you need to do to see your vision through. So we talk about that and we talk about some other things. We talk about health in general. So I'm so excited to bring you guys this podcast episode and let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to the High Vibe Podcast. I am super excited for today's guest. Today we have Will Nitsa. He is the founder of IQ Bar, maker of plant-based protein bars. The company was started as a crowdfunding campaign raising $70,000. Just two and a half years later, the product is sold at 4,000 CVS stores and recently won a listing with American retail giant Kroger, which will jump its distribution to around 1,800 outlets nationwide. So welcome, Will, to the podcast. Can you just start off with just introducing yourself, your story, a little bit about you and how you founded IQ Bar? So yeah, so I started, well, I'll give you a, a rewind all the way to right before I started it. Basically, I was um, selling right out of college. I, I took a job at a software startup where I was selling and marketing 
um, software to oil and gas companies uh, as, as non-sexy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> and um, I just didn't love it. I was not passionate about it. Um, I wasn't really passionate about either software or oil and gas. But um, so during that time, I was working really long hours and I started feeling bad physically. And um, and I got really into, well, I realized that was due to bad nutrition. I had a standard American diet, high carb heavy diet. And I started uh, getting really into nutrition because you know, I saw that as a way to resolve just feeling bad on a daily basis. And this was when paleo and keto were really paleo was big at the time. Um, but keto was just starting out and the whole 30 was big and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I became obsessed with this concept of um, brain nutrition specifically, because I was most interested in how to make my brain work as well as possible. And because everyone else was focused on body and waistline and how do I get a six pack? And I was much more interested in how do you think clearly and optimize your, your cognition throughout the day. So got obsessed with that, got then thought of this concept of, well, why doesn't a ready to eat brain food, quote unquote, brain food exist? Um, Cause that should exist. You know, there's mm-hmm. all these pills for the brain and powders and drinks, but there's no ready to eat food. So that was the backstory of, you know, leading up to everything. And then I spent about a year um, in quote unquote R and D really just in my kitchen, mixing and mashing together ingredients. And then did a, a crowdfunding campaign and went really well, quit my job and the rest is history. Nice. I love that. I would like to break down even in more detail, kind of like the origin story, um, like the different phases from, when you were in your kitchen, like creating in the food processor, the bar and different ingredients, uh, all the way to your crowdfunding Kickstarter to launch and scaling the business. Like, can you walk us through the different phases of the evolution of your business? And what were some of the greatest, I guess, challenges or lessons that, you know, or growing pains that you went through in each of those phases? Yeah, I mean, I think like at the outset, what everyone freezes everyone out, out, uh, up is the whole analysis paralysis. Where do I start? Like question. That's always, no one really knows where to start. Cause if you haven't done something before, that's not inherent, that's not immediately apparent. So, mm-hmm. and I've said this a million times before, but I, I really believe it. Like if you don't know where, how to do something, just call 10 people who do know how to do it or who have done it successfully. So that's what I did. I, I found every food, food and beverage entrepreneur in Boston and I called them up and I asked them if I could sit down for coffee with them. And then I asked them uh, a bunch of questions. So that was the, the starting point. So I, I guess getting into like logistics, basically what I did was I thought about like a food product in the most simplistic way possible. And I thought about, well, the first thing I actually had to think about was what form factor, if something is brain food, what kind of food, because there's many categories of food. So in, in the most simplistic sort of thinking pattern possible, I thought, well, I need to like get all these 10 nutrients into something. What's like, what is a thing that you mash a bunch of stuff together to create? It's mm-hmm. a bar, really. I mean, there's not that many like form factors. So that, so I said, okay, I'm going to make a bar. And then 
the question was, well, what are those things you want to mash together? Or I, even, even before that is, what are the nutrients you want to optimize for? And even before that is, what is the function you want to optimize for? So it's like a hierarchy is like end deliverable function you want one level down. What are the nutrients that will deliver that function one level down? What are the whole food ingredients that are richest in those nutrients one level down? Um, how do I get, you know, aggregate those into a, a, a serving size and have it be palatable? Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the progression of thinking. And then, so the first couple of stages of those are more like Excel work. It's like, and, and research work. And then you get into like the actual ingredient work. And in that regard, I mean, I literally went to the grocery store and bought a bunch of ingredients, which again, luckily we were in like the paleo era where that was cool. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if it had been mm -hmm. 10 years prior, I'd be shit out of luck, you know, yeah. I, I'd need to like somehow source all these weird random ingredients, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, being sort of more whole food based has its benefits. You can literally go to a grocery store and buy stuff. So that was, that was the initial, um, you know, testing ground that at my kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, you just, then it's just like brute iteration. You're just, creating hundreds of iterations of something and you're optimized you're like just sort of like solving one problem at a time you know like it's too sticky or isn't going to last long on a shelf or it's going to cost ten dollars no one's going to buy that or whatever and sort of like chip away at each thing each problem that takes a long time I, I i can do it now way 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 quicker like we're rolling out a new product line called iq mix which is the first ever adaptogens plus electrolytes hydration uh stick pack product i was able to do that from start to finish in like one one hundredth the time that first time around like i'm not a food scientist i'm not even really necessarily like a foodie quote unquote i'm not culinarily inclined at all so i, I just sort of thought of it as a, like a math problem which i think all functional food people think about it as um you're you're, you're using food as a vector to like deliver that function mm -hmm. so that's that just is inherently kind of like problem solving in a math problem. So when you were in that testing phase, were you just like, obviously taste is something that's important, right? If you're trying to reach a bunch of people. Um, and that was the one thing I liked about your bar was that it did taste good, but also it appealed to the fact that it was clean and there was a lot of really good ingredients in there. So I felt like you were appealing to different consumers, some that were more consciously aware of, the nutrients that they're putting into the body and then also appealing to people that just want something that tastes good. So how long were you in that R and D kitchen phase Were you just having your friends and family try out this bar or like, how long did that take or like how many iterations did you have to go through and how long did that process take? It took a full year. Wow. A full year. But I, I was doing this at nights and on weekends. Um, mm -hmm. So just it's not like side. I like quit my job and then, yeah, I didn't quit my job and spend 16 hours a day mixing stuff in a bowl. Like I would go to work, you know, from eight to 6 PM. And then I would do this from like six 30 to midnight, you know, nice. and then all day on Saturday and all day on Sunday. So certainly it would have been quicker if I quit my job, but again, you don't know how long it's going to take and you don't know the roadblocks that will 
be there. So I thought my thinking was it'd be kind of dumb to quit your job because first of all, you have to survive. Mm-hmm. And um, actually what I did do a period into the project was I, it had kind of become apparent that I was not going to, I wasn't going to be the guy who like rose in the ranks at the company I was at because mm-hmm. I was clearly more interested in, it was kind of obvious I was more interested in ultimately starting my own business. So um, I walked into my boss's office one day and I asked, and I said, Hey, I want, you know, we both know I want to do my own thing. And could I work half hours and you pay me half the amount you pay me right now? And then that would allow me to still do really good work, but you know, I'd have all those hours back and, and, you know, you can take your time hiring my replacement and all that. So he let me do that. You know, to he his agreed credit. to that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. To his credit. Um, <laughs> the only, the only way I had the balls to do that was I had heard of someone else doing that. So I had two bosses. Um, mm-hmm. I had a boss and then like a boss, my boss's boss, who was also my boss. Yeah. And my direct boss had done that same thing at a prior company he had worked at. And then he was like, tried the entrepreneurial thing, realized it wasn't for him and then moved on to, to the company that I then was working at. And then we were just like over like a couple beers. He told me that story one time mm-hmm. and I was like, huh, that's like kind of interesting. <laughs> like I, I was amazed it worked for him. So I was like, what? Maybe I just try that. Yeah. So I did and it worked. I think like people underestimate how much power they have to be able to do things like that. I know as an employer, like, I'm receptive to, to things like I, mm-hmm. I want people to be happy. I also know it's really hard to hire good people, you know? So yeah. if you have a good person, you want to keep them. So and that's also, yeah. I think you're some, cause I know a lot of people that are working on like the side hustle on the side. And for me personally, I put in my, my two weeks when I took my business, like my online coaching business, but I ended up staying a month and a half to help with the transition. They asked me if I could stay longer. And so when you're upfront with your employer like that, and you're letting them know, like, this is the passion and route that I want to take. And could you cut my hours? And I would be willing to help train and stick around. You're making the hiring process a lot easier on them as well, you know, and ha- letting them have the time to actually replace you. So I think it, it it's almost a respect, more respectful way to your employer to kind of, leave their doors and also frees up more time for you while you're not strapped for cash. Cause you have no income coming in, you know? Um, so that's interesting. I've never heard anyone do that before. And I, that's actually a really good tip. So then you cut down your hours. You're, you're working this on the side, working your job. When did you actually realize that, okay, now the next steps is to start crowdfunding and raising money to, to launch this. Like when, when did that actually start and evolve? Well, I didn't have money, so that helps because uh, <laughs> so, like, so there's only a couple ways to get money yeah. and either someone has to give it to you or you have to like do pre-orders. I mean, that's like, it's kind mm-hmm. of as simple as that um, or you have to have it in the first place and I didn't yeah. have it. So I was like, and then as an entrepreneur, you're always thinking like, how do I dilute, you know? Your first money is the most expensive money. You don't want to give away some big chunk of the company early on because you know it's, you know, if you believe in yourself and the product and the vision, you know it's going to turn into something big. So how do you like solve that chicken or egg problem? Basically Mm -hmm. where you need money to create sales, but you need the sales to raise the money in the first place. So, you know, crowdfunding is a great way to solve that chicken or egg problem. And 
um, basically what I did was I, I scraped together, like, I think it was like 30 grand from a bunch of different friends and family, you know, mm-hmm. small checks, like $5,000 yeah. checks. And that was enough to run a really good uh, crowdfunding campaign. Cause that, that was something I didn't realize up front, but, um, and maybe is like non-intuitive, but you actually need money to re- run the crowdfunding campaign successfully. I mean, you, you can run it for free. You're not going to do well, but mm-hmm. um, if you want to do well, you need to invest some money in it. You need, you need to have a good video. You need to have a great page. You need to think through all your email communications. You, there's just a ton of stuff to do and a lot of it costs money. So mm-hmm. I did that. Um, and then I ran the campaign and we did between Kickstarter and Indiegogo, we sold $90,000 worth of products. So that was a huge, awesome, early proof of concept. And mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't do it any other way. Honestly, I, I, I would recommend it to anyone, but it was a massive like stressor. Like I was, you're like, you feel like a gambling addict or something. You're like glued <laughs> to that number. You like base your self-worth based on that number, like mm-hmm. ticking up, 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 up. And like, if you hit like a day where it you know, goes up less than you thought or wanted, you're like, you like spiral into depression. And then you like, it, it's, it's a crazy experience. And, yeah. and I did a 60 day campaign rather than 30, you can do 30 or 60. And so I did a full two month campaign and mm-hmm. I mean, it's like 60 days of just like biting your fingernails. And I did some crazy stuff too, to make it work. Um, what did you not, do? I'm curious. Not, uh, not necessarily <laughs> advisable, honestly. But uh, again, we had no like com- quote unquote community. So you have to just like generate one out of thin air. Yeah. Because you can't do, you can't sell that much product without a community. So I was like, okay, I don't, how am I going to like, solve this problem. So basically I I created these just epically long email lists, literally of everyone I went to middle school with, everyone I went to high school with, everyone I went to college with. And then I, so I went to Harvard undergrad and they have this like alumni portal. And I just like was able to extract all these email addresses from it. (laughs) And then I got a login to Harvard business schools, like directory Cause someone I knew had gone there and, and like, they have this, like, they don't give you, the, they don't give you the, the email addresses, but they have the same email convention. So if like, my name's John Smith, I can know that John Smith was in like the class of 2020 and, and then just apply the email convention. It's like John dot mm-hmm. Smith at HBS, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I figured out a way to extract that like literally every person's first and last name from that database and then just did like a very basic template and I got like 60,000 like Harvard Business School people and obviously like those people are all you know probably doing pretty well Mm -hmm. uh they have some disposable cash to spend on some wacky nutrition bar thing (laughs) and uh and then I I did I went as far as I got my colleges my parents went to's directories i so you were just hustling like you were just like going after it just doing anything that you could to make it successful really well and then of course you're like breaking all these rules because you're not supposed to just spam yeah the email it's technically illegal i think so so (laughs) what i so what i did was i got my harvard alumni email address which is like my name at harvard or dot edu or whatever and i used that as like 
the send from. So I didn't want to like hurt my domain score for mm-hmm. our, the new company. Mm-hmm. So I used that because I knew I was going to get a shit storm of like people like complaining. And, uh, and then I used MailChimp and we got kicked off of MailChimp like three separate times wow. and we like appealed it and we're like this is we didn't know we didn't know <laughs> deny 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 i mean i just i think this is such an amazing story though i it, it just shows that like kind of like the gritty work you know like that you had to get like you know you didn't necessarily do like the most like amazing like marketing campaigns and all this stuff but like you you just went out there and you worked and you hustled and you did whatever you could to try and reach as many people to make this crowdfunding campaign successful you know you did what you needed to do to get it off the ground running and I think sometimes people just kind of like hope and pray that something's going to be successful and it sounds like you just like took it into your own hands and was like I will do anything to to make this successful you know yeah I mean there's I think I was desperate and I think desperation is an incredibly powerful tool because you look like an idiot if you fail right and you no one wants to look like an idiot and so I will do anything possible to like not fail because like as shameless as spamming people is even more shameless is like quitting your job and then like falling flat on your face so yeah i think you just any entrepreneur like the first thing you have to do is like totally dissolve your ego and just be willing to be shameless people (laughs) who are like worried about what people think about them will never succeed in in this game it's so true but you had a successful crowdfunding campaign so Congratulations and awesome for that, for being shameless and making it work. I love that. And something kind of more on topic of IQ Bar that I wanted to ask about was what makes IQ Bar different than other protein or nutrition bars? What was really the things and that you wanted to, to make it different and make it stand out? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about the answer to that question is it was different when I started than it is today. So like the original concept, and I, I think this is true for like anyone who started anything and what you started with is never what you finished with. So, but the original concept or hypothesis was like brain food, quote unquote, brain food, create food for your brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, without knowing if people wanted that, or it was, again, it was a hypothesis and uh, there's no data, there's no market data on that or anything. You're, you're making an educated guess. And then what we learned was, oh, well, and, and in doing so, the, 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 what we were doing was basically, like I said earlier, you take nutrients that there's a whole wealth of scientific reason, and then just optimize the bar for it. So like, if you want a lot of vitamin E, just pack it with almonds. And um, if you want a lot of, you know, flavonoids or polyphenols, you pack it with blueberries or matcha or cacao or things that are rich in that, in that, um, so anyway, that was like phase one. And then phase two is get feedback and then pivot. So, you know, you, you get thousands of orders out and you listen to what people want. And now you get your first set of feedback and there's like more, you know, just generally qualitative feedback. Like I like this, I didn't like this. And then there's sort of a second level of feedback, which is like, I wish it had more of that or um, or sometimes it's not even people saying stuff. It's just like people not buying it and wondering why they didn't buy it. Right? Mm-hmm. So well, anyway, the, the, the aggregate of all of that was that we realized that P 
people want brain and body solutions more than they just want a brain solution out of a bar. Mm-hmm. So like if you're taking a pill, like you might just want a brain solution. It's like Prevagen or Adderall or fish oil or caffeine pills or what, something mm-hmm. that's going to affect your brain. And that's cool. But out of a bar, people associate more so with, you know, a, a, a desire for protein, for example, in addition to that, that brain component. And so that was just like a, it sounds maybe like small, but it was a critical evolution of like mm-hmm. brain food to brain plus body. And now it, it, that was like a big turning point for us where it opened us up to so many more people. Cause now we're not just sort of like a fringe thing. We're actually going head to head with like RX bar say, you know, and cause mm-hmm. we have the same protein count and now it's a quote, you can sell it as a quote unquote protein bar. So you can sell it in certain places you couldn't before and for better or worse. There's that whole thing of people saying like, don't try to be everything to everyone because then you'll be nothing to no one or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's true, but actually we counterintuitively, we, I, my goal is to be a lot to some people, but also be a modest amount to zillions of other people. Mm-hmm. So don't try to disqualify anyone from consuming your product. So there are like those people who are really into like the brain element, right? But you also want to get those 10 times more people who just want a, pro, a plant-based protein bar. Mm-hmm. Or you want to get those other people who just want a low-carb snack, yeah. right? So how do you get how do you get those sort of like early adopters or more zealot-like, you know, people who are like, look at every nutrition label? Yeah. Sure, you want those people, um, but you also want all those other people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, like if you, again, like RX Bar is like a classic bar company example. They started with a cult-like, crossfitters and then expanded to like everything including starbucks yeah yeah right so that's a big leap from crossfit to starbucks um Mm -hmm. so how do you make that leap well you have to you have to appeal to a lot of people and so they were one of the brands that that made that leap um so yeah so anyway that's a very long-winded answer to your question of it's different now to just like crystallize what makes it different today you know for one there it's different macro nutritionally. There's very few bars that are very low, like high in protein, but very low in carbs and sugar. Mm-hmm. There's even fewer brands that are those things plus quote unquote clean label. So they're, they don't include sugar alcohols and weird ingredients. Um, and then there are even fewer of those brands that are also a plant-based protein bar. So that's mm-hmm. like, that's a big one, just the general macro nutritional profile. And then like the brain piece is entirely unique um, in that everything that's in the bar is there for a brain related purpose, Mm -hmm. um, other than just straight up protein, plant protein. So like I said earlier, like flavonoids, like there's a reason the initial flavors of the product were chocolate, blueberry, and matcha. That's because the cacao bean, the blueberry Mm -hmm. fruit, and the matcha leaf are like the three highest things in polyphenol content and more specifically flavonoid, which is a type of polyphenol content, which is good for your brain for a bunch of reasons. So everything everything down to like the flavor selection is, it's there for a purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's the other big differentiator. 
That's what, I mean, it, your nutrition label honestly really stood out to me when I first, I saw it and I was like, IQ bar uh, in the store. Uh, we have like a Rite Aid across the street. And then I looked and I was like, there's lion's mane, NCTs, omega-3s, flavonoids, vitamin E, choline, like all of these things. And then I was like, okay, soy-free, dairy-free, non-GMO, mm-hmm. gluten-free. I was like, I was super impressed. I was like, that, that really stood out to me, just your nutrition label alone. And the fact that it's keto- and it's vegan. And you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so many things about it. And then I, the first one that I tried was the chocolate sea salt. And I was like, Oh, and it tastes good. Like that's just a benefit as well. You know, like people, you can have all these ingredients in something and it tastes like dirt and no one's going to eat it. Right. So you're able to make it taste good. And I wanted to ask about the main six brain nutrients that you put into this bar. Um, Cause I know you were saying that every ingredient in here is, is put in here intentionally, right. To help you. And I think sometimes with, with things like, you know, these are good for your brain, there's no immediate effects, right? There's not yep. like when you drink caffeine, you have that immediate effect where yep. people know it's working. When you have something like this, it may be improving your brain and your performance in the long run, but you may not be noticing those long-term, you know, those effects right away. So can you walk me through some of the, you know, most, I guess, nutrient, like the, the six brain nutrient ingredients that you have in here, why they're in here and kind of just educate the audience um, and people listening that may not be familiar with these nutrients on, on why they're important and helpful for your brain health and your performance. Yeah. And that, and that's a great point. Like there's a reason why Starbucks is the biggest, you know, cafe chain in the country. And there's a reason why Red Bull is such a massive company Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have what, what I refer to as like an immediate feedback loop. Like you consume the product, there's a physiological response. There's a euphoric feeling mm-hmm. and you're more alert and all that. So it feels good. Mm-hmm. So you're going to probably consume that thing like the next day and the next day. So in terms of like, just pure, like customer retention and converting customers, keeping customers like an immediate feedback loop is the best thing possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, it's an interesting, also this, this dovetails with what I was saying earlier about what you start with isn't what you finish with. We actually started with that thesis of like, oh, these should have caffeine because then people feel it in addition mm-hmm. to it being healthy. Mm-hmm. And we did that and no one wanted it. No one, everyone's like, why is there caffeine? This is annoying. Really? You know? Yeah. People okay. don't like eating caffeine. There's, <laughs> Um, because it's not a problem. You're, you're solving a problem that doesn't exist. Like mm-hmm. why wouldn't you, if you want caffeine, just drink a coffee or yeah. like, there's nothing broken in that system. Mm-hmm. Um, so why are you solving a problem that doesn't exist? exist. Um, I didn't realize that by the way, um, mm-hmm. until I got 50 people being like, I hate that there's caffeine. I'm on a caffeine free diet. <laughs> so I was like, huh, okay, yeah, that, so, but then, so, so then the thesis was away from like immediate feedback loop to what I would argue is the second best thing to do, which is it's, it's not a existence of a positive feedback loop. It's the absence of a negative feedback loop. So what I mean by that is like, you drink a coffee, you get a positive feedback loop. I feel good because I ate that thing. And when you eat, let's say one of our bars, 
nothing happens, but that's the point. Like you don't feel bad. It's mm-hmm. more of the absence of a bad feeling feeling than a um, existence of a good feeling, um, which is your goal when you eat food, right? You want to like not crash. You want energy without mm-hmm. the crash. That's the goal when you eat yeah. a meal. And unfortunately, like the standard American diet or most meals, you eat it and then crash. Like you, you don't feel good because you just ate a bowl of pasta or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's the world we try and live in with the bars we're moving into new form factors new categories but with the bars specifically you want to be able to achieve satiety stop feeling hungry get nutrients in you and not feel bad two hours later what you know what how that like breaks down in terms of the micronutrients um you know are so like for example lion's mane i believe we're the only bar that has lion's mane still i don't i haven't seen that in any other bars and I, yeah. I, yeah, so I, I would say yes. <laughs> it's kind of a pain in the butt in some cases, actually, because like you try and like export your product to like Australia or something. And they're like, well, this, is this a supplement? Like you have lion's mane in it. it there's all these like sort of downstream impacts that are a little bit annoying about it, but it's worth it because, mm-hmm. you know, so lion's mane is a mushroom. It's an mm-hmm. adaptogenic mushroom. And it's really like the brain mushroom, like there are other mushrooms, you know, reishi's the mm-hmm. relaxing mushroom and cordyceps is the athletic mushroom. So anyway, lion's mane help. It's, it's, it needs to be studied a lot more than it has been, but it, in limited, you know, uh, research has been shown to, for example, promote neurogenesis, um, meaning like growing new neurons um, and a number of other things. So um, MCTs, medium chain triglycerides, are a particular type of saturated fat. Um, we get them from coconut. Um, but basically, it's a um, alternative fuel source for your body and, and brain. Um, basically, your, your brain runs on glucose primarily. So you need some level mm-hmm. of glucose. But it can also run on um, these other energy units called ketones. And a precursor to that, one of them is medium chain triglycerides. And so it's literally a alternative fuel for your brain. And many people, for example, ketogenic dieters would argue is a superior fuel for your brain to glucose, um, less crash inducing. Mm-hmm. Um, omega-3s, that's kind of like the, the mac daddy of, you know, brain nutrients. Everyone knows about that one. Like, it's, you know, it's on like, you know, milk labels and it's like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Many people get it from fish oil, but there's also um, vegan ways to get it. Chia seeds, flax seeds, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, flavonoids. So polyphenols, this was something I really didn't know about going into this whole ex- experience, but is like so critical, which are basically anything that's colorful, a fruit or vegetable is colorful. The reason it's colorful are those um, polyphenols, these chemicals in a plant or a fruit that make it a vibrant green or blue or yellow or red or whatever. And those things are really good for you. Basically, they're, they help you fight um, free radicals in your body and brain. Um, uh, and that's why everyone says like, eat a lot of blueberries or that's why everyone loves matcha or mm-hmm. um raw cacao like it's really the flavonoid content that's giving you giving you that effect 
Um, vitamin E is another one I, I, I've massively educated myself on over the last few years. But basically, uh, many folks who are aging um, take vitamin E for to counteract neurodegeneration. Um, basically, your, your neuron cell membranes, your neurons are cells in your brain, and the, the cell membrane, the structure of the cells can degrade over time and break down over time, and vitamin E uh, helps protect against that. Um, and then the last one, choline, which um, we give via lecithin, which uh, you know many people take like lecithin pills, sunflower lecithin pills or choline pills. Um, uh, basically, that just serves a whole host of um, support uh, functions for your neurotransmitters, um, your, your messenger chemicals in your brain, like people know about like serotonin and things like that make you feel good. Um, so anyway, I won't get too nitty gritty, but I, I wrote up so on our website, if you go to YIQR, there's a whole brain nutrient section. And, um, I, I literally did all the research myself and wrote everything up myself and cited everything myself. So I've nerded out, uh, pretty hard <laughs> on it. Suffice it to say, um, but people can also nerd out on what I've written as well. If they want to check it out. I mean, that, those are really a lot of nutrients that I have not seen in any standard protein bar or nutrition bar, which is why it stood out to me. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a lot. I will link your site as well. I wanted to ask as we're going to close out, just, I know that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast and that follow me that are either aspiring entrepreneurs want like want to go down that road of entrepreneurship or starting their own businesses. And I wanted to ask what some of your greatest lessons have been on your entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey and any tips that you have for people that are wanting to start out. Tips, I mean, would be, again, dissolve your ego, like be okay with not knowing stuff. You're, you're always going to be in a state of not knowing the next thing because you're always going to be needing to, as long as you're growing and evolving, you're always going to be a novice at the next, relative to the next stage you want to be at. So you're going to have to get comfortable with that very quickly and, and get comfortable with like this mindset of constant learning and, and actually like that and enjoy that. It's tiresome and exhausting, but it's, it's worth it. Um, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I would say take a long, hard look at the lifestyle implications. If you want to do something like this, because your life changes like radically, um, at least if you're doing it in food and beverage, like if you're starting a tech startup, many people will raise a zillion dollars and live the same lifestyle they would have otherwise. Um, that was definitely not my experience in this game. Um, you know, I, I lived with a friend's parents for a year just so I could live rent free. Like I did a bunch of, made a bunch of sacrifices and, you know, stop going out to restaurants, stop, mm -hmm. you know, basically get your burn, your personal burn rate to zero if you can. So there's just, there's so many, like, it takes over your life for sure, I guess is a uh, quick and easy way to put it. 
Um, so just like be, a, you're gonna have to like grapple with that. Do you want that? Most people can't handle that or just don't, they can, but they don't want to. So make sure you actually want that because it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what you're optimizing for. So, um, and then just like, I mean, I have so many lessons I, I, I've learned, but just iterate, like always improve, um, always improve. Um, that's why you can compete with big companies is your ability to iterate. They can't because mm-hmm. they already have this, these things in the marketplace and they're profit centers for them. And they, they're terrified of losing market share and you don't have any of those shackles. Mm-hmm. So you can just be so much quicker and more nimble and try stuff because their mm-hmm. puddle is your ocean. Like if you're like, Oh, I want to make an adaptogenic, like whatever, like gummy bear. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, some big company would look at that and be like, that's the market's not there for that. Well, mm-hmm. you're one person. So if you can make a $4 million a year business selling adaptogenic gummy bears, and that's you max out there. Well, great. You just crushed it. Yeah. So because you're one person and, and you you can go after these quote unquote niche markets and they can't. So mm-hmm. do it. Don't go head to head with them. Do do something unique. Um, and then hopefully you're betting that the market will come around to your quote unquote niche thing. And then it's a big thing. I love those. Where can people find IQ bars? Where do you sell them? What stores are they available in? Where can people get their hands on these? Sure. So uh, our domain name is eatiqbar.com. So that's the best way. We're also on Amazon. Uh, We're also sold in Kroger, Sprouts, uh, CVS, Rite Aid. Uh, Those are really the big ones. Okay. Soon to be Wegmans. So those are all great places if you want to try these out. Thank you so much, Will, for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. I will link your website below as well as your information so people can find you and find your bars. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit tourinishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.